there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Picking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, Robert Scott Bell. Advanced Medicine Monday continues here. Dr. Batar joins us again. And Dr. Batar, you served in the military. We've talked about some of your military service as well. And Obama has says there's a, a serious drug shortage here in America. And now we're finding out why. Not enough Ritalin to go around for the kids in America. Why? Because they're giving it to all the soldiers. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting dynamic because if you know what Ritalin does, Robert, which we talked about on the show as well previously, mm-hmm. it's no wonder that they are giving it to the soldiers. So it's kind of like the... Oh, in the Civil War, giving people, what was that, uh, salt, saltpeter? Yeah, saltpeter. Yeah, what was the purpose of that? Decrease their drive? or Right, decrease uh, sexual libido drive or function. So Ritalin, you know, alters the neurological function, causes all sorts of problems, and uh, what better way to disrupt your own people? And why would, why would a government do that? Well, it kind of brings up the same story that uh, you and I just talked about off the air regarding mm-hmm. the ammunition, yeah. if they want to wage a war or they, they're concerned about a war being waged against them, then your opposition, it's better to chemically alter their cognitive function, mm-hmm. their sensorium, so that they are not you know, aware, essentially, of yes. what they're doing or why they're doing it or just throwing off the neurochemistry. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the difference to me between... Uh, Orwell's 1984 and Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. In 1984, Orwell predicted that, you know, it would be done by force. Government would force all of these, uh, you know, kind of uh, tyranny to to rain down on the people. Whereas in Aldous Huxley's version, it was all about drugging the populace and actually making them beg for the drugs. In other words, we'd beg to be taken over. So there wasn't a shot that would be fired, which is kind of a weird thing considering, and this Mike Adams covered in Natural News just uh, yesterday, the Department of Homeland Security buying up enough ammo to wage a seven-year war against the American people. It's a very disturbing component. And then also, of course, as we just talked about mm-hmm. off the air. Yes. It's interesting that we're talking. Are we having more conversations off the air than we are on the air? Is that true? <laughs> well, we do talk a lot about the, these things because there's some things that we can't even bring out yet over the airwaves because it's just too – I don't know if it risky is the right word, but when you know certain things and you bring them up in a certain way, then – they don't want you to be on the air much longer. Yeah, it threatens the system, the status quo. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But one of the things that was in that story that uh, Mike covered was regarding the rounds, the 40 caliber rounds that are being purchased. And what was the number? 70, uh, 50 million? Uh, let's see. 70 million is a roughly figure for ammo, annual ammo usage in an active war zone. Uh, but they were talking about... Uh, pulling in, what, 5.5 million rounds per month. I mean, he was going through different generals' perspectives on this. So 70 million rounds of all types are used on the battlefield. He, he lists all the different kinds. But in this case, though, the Department of Homeland Security is going specifically after 40 caliber hollow-point bullets. Now, these are 
sidearms or firearms that you you know like little handguns and that's typically not done you know when you're talking about m16s or different uh, machine guns out in the battlefield this is a little different perspective right because uh in the military and pretty much every soldier knows it, that if you have to resort to using your sidearm you're pretty much uh up the proverbial creek without a paddle if you know what i mean because the whole combat usage of a sidearm it's not even something that's close range fighting Exactly. This is close range, hand-to-hand. You're almost at hand-to-hand combat. And in the current military, and I'd say probably in the, even as far back as the Civil War, there was never close combat like that. I mean, if there was combat, close combat like that, the war, one side was obviously winning. Whichever side was advancing was pretty much you know, overrunning the other group. So in normal warfare, hand-to-hand combat or what we call in-close combat mm-hmm. is not something that you really rely upon. This is more seen with the last resort so i'm not sure why anybody would be purchasing 40 caliber round for sidearms you know if they're talking about the 556 round or something like that it's a a different issue because these are rifles and that's pretty much what in in warfare when you think of a war you think of Mm -hmm. long-range weapons like the rifles not not something like a handgun yeah well speculation is that they're setting up more and more security checkpoints domestically you know imagine traveling through the old soviet union or east germany checkpoints and they bought a lot of or are planning to buy a lot of bulletproof checkpoints as well so very orwellian in that sense uh perspective of what department of homeland security as we've talked about establishing t- uh let's say continuity of government not continuity of liberty which is kind of, it's very opposite of what the founding fathers had kind of set, set up for us but of course they warned us as well absolutely and it's, again, coming to fruition. A lot of these things, it's like, how did they know that these are things that we need to be concerned about? How could they tell far back, 200 years far back, that these type of things would be issues that we need to be thinking about? And yet they did. That's an amazing thing to me itself. It's almost as if they had a crystal ball and yes. they could see into the future. Yeah, well, they really understood history much more than most Americans are, are taught history today. And I think because of that, they, they laid a foundation that was brilliant, more brilliant than anything that had ever been in recorded history as far as a form of government. Perhaps, you know, the concern that they're having now is that, you know, besides the fact that the old media is not covering it, Ron Paul is really winning loads of delegates. It's going to be a mess at the August Republican convention in Tampa. It's amazing to me that doing just a simple search and looking at what the primary caucuses are, are reporting as far as who won which state and minnesota and colorado which apparently ron paul took all the delegates dominated not, certain areas of the delegates yeah not even close and so as romney has declared the the winner de facto winner the fact of the matter is it's not so not so fast and in fact I've, they don't I've, report, I've, they're not even reporting those states no I, mean, I can't find minnesota and colorado's results anywhere well, here I quoted Doug Weed, who's a senior campaign advisor I've, I've interviewed here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. He says, the sleepy New York Times has posted for five months now and still posts even today that the total delegate count for Ron Paul in Iowa is one. <laughs> they say that the total delegate count for Ron Paul in Minnesota is nine. In fact, Ron Paul supporters will now dominate both state conventions, and the same trend is going on in states across the country. And that's what, that's what his strategy was, was it not? It was, yeah. They learned this from four years ago, but even though it's been made public knowledge for months now, the old media is pretending it doesn't exist, hoping that you know he'll go away, and he's not. I mean, yesterday in the rain-soaked crowds of Philadelphia, 4,500 people stood out there for two hours soaking up the message of liberty right there, you know, near the Liberty Bell. 
in UCLA, uh, Texas A&M, mm-hmm. University of California, Berkeley. These are sold-out crowds of thousands upon thousands of people. Uh, I think some, one of those locations was 10,000 people and one was 6,000 people. And comparing to Romney's turnout of 200 people, 250 people. Yeah. Well, it tells you, you know, I talked about last uh, Friday on the show here, we did Jack Hunter, the official campaign blogger for Ron Paul. And I was talking about thousands and thousands of people showing up, Ron Paul, and the headline reads, you know, where at CNN and, 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 and Romney on the other side of town spoke to an audience of dozens. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't hold the same weight. The amazing thing to me, Robert, is what's going to happen when November hits and how are they going to how is the media going to handle this where they've been saying that, oh, Ron Paul is somebody that we don't even need to worry about to Ron Paul should drop out of the race because he doesn't have enough delegates to whatever they're saying about Ron Paul. He's an extremist. He's this, he's that. How are they going to then paint the picture mm-hmm. when the true numbers come out? I, I don't understand how they're going to do this. It's almost as if they're slitting their own throats now because at some point the truth has to come out and it has to be between now and November sometimes. Yes. So what what's going to happen? How are they going to resolve the issue that they've had all this wrong information that the public has been given or whatever event they're expecting to happen is going to happen between now and November that they think that this Romney nomination is a sure thing and, you know, a done deal. Yes. Something's going to happen. So I, I don't, either they know something that's going to happen or mm-hmm. they have to figure out a way to resolve this, this dichotomy. Well, yeah, it's a, it's really setting the stage for completely delegitimizing them themselves as much themselves, as they right. ha- already have in the eyes of many that listen to this show, that read Natural News, that have read your book as well. You start seeing through so many of the lies in all the areas of life that have been sort of contained and controlled for decades now, and it's slipping from their grasp. I don't know. They've always had a long view, a long plan, but the fact that they're buying all those bullets only indicates that their last resort is, is violence. And here we are trying to encourage peaceful revolution through the ballot box even. Well, that's exactly the point. They, they are going to become their own worst self-enemy. Mm-hmm. Is that the right way of saying it? Their own worst enemy, I should say. <laughs> well, either way, it's like a, it, it doubles down on the, that reality. Hey, listen, we got to do, in, in addition on Advanced Medicine Monday, we do some political healing here with Dr. Batar. We always enjoy talking about these things because he's got perspective well beyond that of a physician as he served in the military as well and very keenly aware also of economics and other things to prepare for what is coming and so we don't get caught so-called flat-footed and as we encourage you to do plant your seeds now whether it's a vegetable garden whether it's an herb garden medicinal anything you can do at this point is going to be better than nothing as well as you've done dr batar with you're raising chickens and goats and different animals as well there's these kinds of things are helping people to be aware that we've got to do something to prepare now well, Robert, comes uh, as part of being a Boy Scout, be prepared was our motto, and some habits are just hard to give up, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, these are good habits we need to instill, and in. everybody's ready to rock it like we did over the Earth Day weekend. I uh, was out seeing a lot of local gardeners and farmers and such, and even local schools, believe it or not, public schools. I was shocked to learn about the fact that there are a lot of school kids now on the, these public government school properties growing organic gardens and starting to do some things that I was I, I was absolutely shocked but pleasantly surprised to learn that there is a mass decentralization going, not approved by the central government, but it's happening. People are realizing it and doing it sometimes even in, even without permission. And that's that shows the awareness increasing as we've talked about many times. It's happening. 
and it's happening organically. The mm-hmm. universal consciousness is increasing, and this is a good place to be. Yep. So uh, let's continue now with Advanced Medicine Monday. We're going to go into some advanced medicine in terms of certain ailments. I do have an email question up at the Robert Scott Bell Show blog at the website. It was about rosacea. We're going to ask Dr. Batar to comment on that and loads more stories here. 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. You can get uh, Dr. Batar's wonderful, amazing, best-selling, international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. I've got all those linked up and lots of archives available at medicalrewind.com as well. Stand by. Coming right back after this. If you're looking for FDA-approved radio, you're listening to the wrong show. This is the Robert Scott Bell Show. Information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Continuing now with some more advanced medicine with Dr. Rashid Batar, as we do every week here. Look forward to kick off the week with you. And here, Dr. Batar, is a great question. We get some questions coming in sometimes by phone, sometimes by email or text or otherwise. And this one came off the website, and it is a question about the issue of rosacea. And let me uh, just read that to you. It says, hi, Robert. I was hoping to get some information about rosacea. I'm suffering from it. And my dermatologist has given me creams, but I want to know what is causing it. I've tried doing my own research, but there doesn't seem to be much natural remedies out there. Any help or direction would be appreciated. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Batar, who, who better to ask than you? Well, you know, the first thing is that's interesting. What kind of absurd thing is that to find out, to actually ask why? Why am I having this problem? Isn't that absurd? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, know take, the, take the ointment, take the cream, put it on, shut up, and just uh, use it. And Stop asking questions. You're right. And these annoying <laughs> patients, you know, but that's the point. These are the, these are the guys and gals that are really probably annoying the docs that don't want to learn new things, and they're going to be forced to or they're going to be forced out of the profession. So the reality is we know there are causes of rosacea. We know there are things that don't suppress it in the natural realm that actually promote healing of these things. Kudos to the person who asked this question because this is what's happening more and more. The public is starting to ask these questions, which is the right question. Yes. Not how do I get rid of it, but what caused it in the first place and how can I prevent it from happening again? And when I talk about prevention, I'm not talking about taking a vaccine or you know, doing something. <laughs> there was a conversation that occurred today with another doctor and that question was brought up where the doctor happened to be like-minded, like myself, mm-hmm. uh, one of my colleagues, and brought up the Dr. Jim Haber, who you may know. Yeah, and, yeah Dr. Uh, Haber, great guy. The, quite, yeah, great guy. And he, so he brought up this point. He said he was talking to this patient, and they said, they were asking him a question. He said, well, you, maybe you should talk to your doctor about this, and your doctor, blah, 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 you know, what type of medicine do they practice? And they said, oh, he's a good doctor. And so Dr. Haber said, well, does he, does he do preventive medicine? And the patient says, yes, absolutely, definitely. He definitely believes in preventive medicine. I get my flu shot and I get my this shot. And, oh, I get my yeah. shot. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim, in the very, you know, he's a very politically correct guy, you know, really nice, gentle type of person. He said, well, he goes, the private prevention we're talking about is a little bit different, you know, as opposed to something, somebody like me that would have said, you know, what the hell kind of prevention is that? Right. But anyway, <laughs> the point is that this is, a, this is the right question to ask. The question mm-hmm. is, why is this happening? What mm-hmm. is the cause of it? And not blindly following the doctor by just following the advice of taking some cream or some ointment. So right. and that's what's happening. More and more people, Robert, as you said, are, are reaching that awareness. So I am uh, very, very happy to hear this type of... This is the consciousness uh, shift, Dr. Batar. I mean, think exactly. about it. 
how, how often in the past decades would it be a question like that when doctors said, well, it looks like you have something we see here called rosacea. And you go, all right, doc, what can I take? Right. That would be the thing. Here's this prescription. OK, doc, thanks. Now suddenly, wait, 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 doc. What, what is it? What, what causes it? Can we can we get to that? Uh, and of course, if the answer now is, well, listen, I, I, we really don't know what caused it here. Just take this. People are not as willing to do that anymore. I'm not saying that nobody is. There are plenty still, but more and more every day, which is the, you know, this healing revolution, this advanced medicine we're talking about. Even the ones that are willing to do that, Robert, are still inquiring. Why? Why is this mm-hmm. happening? And so that conscious shift that you're talking about, that paradigm shift that we we're discussing here is the most refreshing thing to me because it shows that people are starting to think with their own brains, which has been one of my most universal messages that God gave you a brain for a reason. He didn't give you a train. He gave you a brain. The reason why he gave us each a brain was so that we can use it. And when a person asks this type of question, it shows me that the population is the world's population is starting to understand and asking these types of critical questions. So without you know, going through more and more of this point, because this is, this is the most important part of this question to me, yes. showing that the person is actually becoming aware, the people are becoming aware, the population is becoming aware. But to answer the question specifically, yes. if you remember, uh, and maybe this individual hasn't read the book yet, but Robert, I'm going to refer back to the three foundations sure, of health. Sure, please, please. Um, the three foundations of health. In fact, I just realized, ref- giving somebody a reference, I realized that there was a typographical, well, not really a typographical error, but there was an error that hadn't been picked up uh, on the three foundations of health, the first one, the very first fundamental level, like a building that we've talked about before as a high-rise, the very first ground floor or the basement floor level, the very first floor, the lowest one, is that most critical foundation. And if that's not stable, then everything built upon it will crumble. So that very first foundation for us in health and wellness is, and in prevention, in fact, is systemic detoxification The second one is immune modulation, and the third one is physiological optimization. In the book, it actually said hormonal optimization, and obviously hormones, you know, physiology, some people think it's synonymous, but that should have been changed to physiological optimization, and in the book, it got printed as hormonal optimization, which still is, a lot of this is hormones. We're talking about the pancreas, the uh, adrenal glands, the hypothalamus, the pituitary, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So they are primarily endocrine in nature, but it's physiological optimization, not just the endocrine or the hormonal uh, optimization. So where does rosacea fit into this? Well, actually, rosacea, if you look at the second one, remember the first one is systemic detoxification, second one is immune modulation, and the third one is physiological optimization. So the second one, immune modulation, there's a reason that we call it immune modulation and not increasing the immune system. Well, because understand that Certain conditions can be caused by a hypoimmune response, such as cancer, AIDS, those are things where the immune system is not responsive. And then there are other conditions that can actually result from a hyperimmune response, meaning an immune response that is actually too high or too hot. So that's where the rosacea fits into the picture. Rosacea or systemic lupus erythematosus, mm-hmm. um, myasthenia gravis, some of these conditions that are actually indicative of a hyperimmune response that's one reason the second foundation is immune modulation, meaning the hyperimmune responses come down, sure. cool it off. The hyperimmune responses, the ones that are not working, we bring them up, we make them a little bit hotter to break, make the person come back into that normal level of immune function. And so rosacea is actually that hyperimmune response. It's the system itself 
functioning against itself because of a hypersensitivity that's been created, because of an attenuated type response. And so the question, why did it start or where did it start from? Mm -hmm. You need to go back and start looking at those toxicities. Start at the gut, start at the endocrine system. Virtually in every case of rosacea that I have seen, when the person is adequately detoxed, the symptom of rosacea, because that's all it is. Remember, rosacea is that... For those that may not know what rosacea is, it's the blotching, redness, um, patchiness of the skin sometimes, in certain parts of the body, usually the face. Uh, it's a blotchiness, and it's usually treated with steroids, and it's usually treated with other types of uh, synthetic. Well, the so-called creams that just drive the symptom deeper in suppression. And this is exactly. where, you know, the, the listener, you know, rightly asked, wait a second, what, why would I do that? I mean, I want to know what causes it. And again, this is the point of what we're doing right here. Homeopaths have been able to address it as well systemically. I mean, there are certain remedies that address the symptoms, but they don't drive it by suppression. They address the rebalancing if you talk about immune modulation. That's what exactly what we're saying here. But if you were to go to a dermatologist and the dermatologist admits you really don't have a skin problem, <laughs> they're out of business. You know? Exactly. So. Exactly. And that's, and that's the point right here, that it is not a skin problem. The rosacea that the person is concerned about is only the symptom of an underlying imbalance. That is a key. What you just said, Robert, mm-hmm. is very important that everybody understands that, that it is just the symptom. So what we're concerned about is a symptom. We're not concerned. We don't even see what the real cause is. And we don't know what the real cause is, but we know that the real cause is some type of toxicity that's causing the immune system to become hyper-responsive, which manifests in the symptom, the symptom of rosacea. Mm -hmm. So we're going back to dietary shifts, all the things that these traditional uh, dermatological doctors, if we call them in that specialty field, are very very ill-prepared to address because their training does not include much, if anything, in nutrition, as we've covered before, for a lot of the medical profession, but perhaps even worse for dermatologists because they're so focused on this external dermal layers around the whole body as opposed to understanding it's a reflection of what's going on inside. And the lack of understanding what's going on inside is what most of the time, the vast majority of the time, 90% plus, is where that problem is arising. And in the in the less than 10% of the time that it may not be the issue, it's certainly a contributory issue. Mm, absolutely. So we're looking to restore health genuinely, going deeper, of course. That's where we say the disease management paradigm is crumbling, because not because Dr. Batar is saying it is or Robert Scott Bell is saying it is, but because the person who just raised the question is raising the question. That is why it's crumbling, because the answers are very unsatisfactory. Uh, don't ask me the question, take the cream. Excuse me? I'm leaving. That's what I did years ago. You left from within the profession, that kind of thought form, and many millions now are following and really adopting a new way of looking at this. And I think that the evolution, whether you believe that it's just a time that's this year, 2012, the awareness, the golden age of information, or whether it's the fact that the system for so long has gone a certain way and people are just getting tired. They're, mm-hmm. they're no longer willing to take the quiet road and just blindly follow what the doctor is. Whatever the reason is, it's good that this is happening. This is what has been needed for a long time. And until somebody challenges it, and this is, even though the person that asked the question may not think that they're challenging the system, you are challenging the system, and that's exactly what's needed here. 
everybody needs to be challenging the system because the system is broken. If you don't challenge the system, you're not going to get growth. And if you don't challenge a system that's broken, you're only going to get decay. Hmm. So really where we are right now, it is necessary, even, even if you were I – mean, the only place I can see that there's no justification for a challenge, Robert, is if you've got a perfect system. And we know that there will never be a perfect system because it's a constant evolution. You're always right. learning. Yeah. And in fact, I believe that once you've stopped learning, then it's time for the creator to take us because yeah. there's nothing more for us to learn now. Well, exactly. And that's why we're here. There's a lot more to learn, a lot more to do. And we might as well have some fun doing it. That's why we do Advanced Medicine Monday here with Dr. Rasha Bittar every week to kick off the week in high style. And we love it. 3 in 10 U.S. adults say they have skipped annual visits to their primary care physician or other health care provider to save money. Is that a good thing, a bad thing, a neutral thing? When we come back from this break, we'll ask Dr. Vitar to chime in on that. Less people seeing less doctors or more people seeing less doctors? What is the trend and is it good or bad? Stand by. Lots more advanced medicine after this. The Robert Hello. 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 Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. You're amazing. Oh, you are something else. Is. Robert Scott Bell. Who has both style and substance. Robert Scott Bell. 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 How much power do talk radio hosts really have? This is transformational, and it's awesome. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Are you skipping the doctor's visits that you're supposed to get? Your program to get? Do- Dr. Batar, what is it? I just sent you that article there. You see the title? What does that title say? Yeah. Skipping doctor's visits, self-defeating. I don't think so. <laughs> Wait I a don't second. think so. In fact, you know, it, I bet you if you started looking at these people that are skipping, you'll probably see an increase, a trend that's increasing or improving their health. Yeah. Remember those stories that came out, uh, one particular in Israel, I think we've mentioned it maybe even years ago before we even were doing advanced yeah, medicine. Yeah, I covered the book, Robert. Yeah, of course. You wrote the book about it. You have the book about it. But the, the whole the whole idea that you know if doctors go on strike, you'd think people are going to die in the streets, but actually pe- less, the mortality rate drops when hospitals stop doing their thing. Robert, actually, this has happened in a number of different countries, a number of different times, and each time the doctors went on strike, each time the uh, the medical profession was, for whatever reason, whether they went on strike or whether they were not able to practice, whether of their own self accord or not, the mortality rate decreased. It went down. In other words, people lived longer. Mm-hmm. There weren't as many deaths. So there's this is not just in one place. It was in Israel. I think there was mm-hmm. one in India. There was a place in some place on the West Coast in California. I think San Francisco, where there was a hospital strike. Each time this has happened in different t- at different time frames. At different places, different socioeconomic groups, different cultural basis, the phenomena was the same. Doctors not practicing, people living better. Well, here's they say annual and follow-up visits to your primary care physician should never be cut from your budget. Even if you don't feel sick, the routine screenings conducted during physical examination can help detect the warning signs, detection again, of heart disease or other illnesses. And then, armed with this knowledge, and I quote here, your physician can work with you to help prevent an illness before it starts. And follow-up visits for ongoing or treated health concerns are important to ensure your personalized treatment plan is working. What are they saying here, really? Well, they, basically, it's propaganda. It's it's a load of hocus pocus baloney, because I can tell you they haven't interviewed any of my patients because my patients will tell them that they did do all the things that they're suggesting, and the doctor still missed the illnesses. Mm-hmm. This is happening all the time. The level of incompetence within the profession, as you well know, Robert, is appalling. And yeah. then 
most of these screening tests, they're ludicrous. In fact, remember, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, we covered the thing about all the 45 different tests that they were talking about cutting back on. Yeah, they now admit were really not necessary. We, we, they were crucial life and death a moment before, but now well, we, we goofed. They aren't necessary. Exactly. And this is, this is what they're saying over here. They're talking about yeah. you should never cut these screening tools back. But the truth of the matter is none of these things have actually been shown in any studies to have any effectiveness whatsoever. I mean, look at uh, mammograms. Mm-hmm. versus breast self-exams. There was a huge study, 19,000 women were followed in China, and they found that the mortality rate and the survival mm-hmm. rate for breast cancer for people that had been picked up on the mammograms versus the self-exams, there was no earlier detection with mammograms of breast cancer than when compared to breast self-exams. But in actuality, it was a, it was a better response for the patient who didn't have mammograms because they didn't have the assault from the radiation. They didn't have the trauma and inflammatory cascades initiated by the compression of the breast, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. these are all considered to be screening tools that are essential for health and important to make sure that you prevent disease. But in fact, none of these things have ever been shown. And in the case of mammograms, we've discussed this before, where Dr. Sinatra had revealed the congressional committees that were assigned to determine, I think it was, a, it may have been the Subcommittee on Human Rights and Wellness that was trying to determine the need for some of these types of tests. And one of the members of the congressional committees that were reviewing this made the comment that regardless that the studies show, the Cochrane Review analysis shows that the breast mammogram intervention has no benefit whatsoever, the American public still demands some type of screening. And so we will give it to them, knowing full well that you're actually going to increase the rate of cancer because you're irradiating breast, you're inducing trauma and a cascade of inflammation that we know are all common things that cause cancer. Knowing that we're doing a screening that is supposed to have earlier detection, whereas in fact we're increasing the rate of that breast cancer. So when you start looking at this type of an article and three out of ten people aren't going for their let's say mammogram here, that means there's three out of 10 people that are getting, there's three more people that are not getting assaulted mm. and not, aren't going to have the same chances of getting breast cancer. So th- this, is a, this is a good thing. In fact, yeah. I think we should improve the uh, <laughs> real prevention over here. The real good preventive technique here would be to actually have eight out of 10 people not go to see their doctor yes. and just take <laughs> proactive steps themselves to ask questions and Eat cleaner and drink more it's water. Blasphemy, Doctor Batar. Blasphemy, heresy. You know, of course, all of the the religious connotations of modern medicine. It's about you know getting in there to worship, do the things, sacrifice your child with vaccines and such. And as we talked about, the riddling on, for the soldiers, not enough for the kids. Heck, we don't want any for the kids. We want to you know get back to the three foundations, if you will, the pillars. You said the foundations of systemic detoxification, immune modulation, and physiological optimization. But none of that is addressed here with the so-called detection or these other key words. Anytime you hear them, screening. I mean, I think of screening, right? You have a screen on your back porch so stuff doesn't get through, you know, unless it's small enough. And what they're doing is putting people on a screen, and, of course, they don't fit through, and they say, aha, you're a disease, right? That, <laughs> Every, everything's a, caught. That's a, that's a great explanation. That really is. That's exactly what it is. They've got a screen there. They're trying to filter out certain things, and that's just not the way to take care of the, the human body. No, and of course, in the screening, they actually 
create the very disease that they're often looking to detect, so to speak. We're going to prevent, and prevention, of course, as we know, means detection. Detection means screening. Screening often means causing the thing you're looking for. Exactly. In fact, Robert, I just thought about this. Mm-hmm. You know, skipping doctor's visits, self-defeating, and then the title <laughs> of my book, Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think whoever is uh, showing up in the study has re- been reading your book. We're not showing up for the doctor visit. I read Dr. Batar's book. I know better. <laughs> well, you know, empowerment is the name of the game, and yet you see what they're saying, skipping doctors, is they're trying to promote that dependency aspect. Yes. And I think you can pr- pretty much always – I mean, let's put this subject aside. Sure. If you have two messages – that are coming to a person, and one is a message of empowerment, and one is a message of dependency, innately, intuitively, which message is the right message? Mm-hmm. And you can look at this, whether it's economics, whether you talk about spiritual, political, whatever, the message that is empowering, self-empowering, is going to be the truth, simply because if there is an agenda, it's still empowering you as opposed to the other one that's creating dependency. Mm. And so the truth is pretty self-evident just from the title of this. And, and I just, while we were talking, it came to me that, well, look, it's completely diametrically opposed to the title of my book, yes. Skipping Doctors Visit Self-Defeating Versus Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. You decide which <laughs> message you want. It's great. You know, and I'm thinking, too, in terms of, like, the, the so-called well-baby visits. Remember, all new moms encouraged, bring, oh, yeah. bring your baby into the pediatrician. You're thinking, my, but my baby's well. What do you want to do? And, of course, it's all there to program the parent to accept vaccines, even though we know they don't work. If Even exactly. if they're eliciting, trying to elicit an artificial immune response the first year, it doesn't happen anyway. But I'm thinking, what else do they do? Well, they measure the circumference of your child's head. They weigh the baby. Heck, we, we could add up a little separate side of Home Depot, a do-it-yourself with your well-baby visits. Just take well, them and measure their the head. They're trying, to give, they're trying to give the vaccines now, you know, in Walmarts and uh, in airport cafeterias or whatever it is in the central <laughs> depots. You know what I'm talking about? That yeah. Everywhere you go now, you've got in, – in grocery food stores, the, the cheerleader that I took care of, she got her flu shot in the middle of the grocery food store. The full medicalization of all life. And, of course, grocery stores, there's another problem. If you have to read the label and they have like five, six, seven syllables per word, you know that's not something you should be buying, much less eating. Well, that, that, that goes without saying, Robert. You're absolutely right. So this, is, this comes back to that component again. I guess if you're looking at a message, any kind of message that you're looking at, whether it's from your doctor or whether it's from your you know, financial advisor, Look for the message that is going to give you more power and that does not allow you to become dependent uh, upon another agency or group or profession or whatever the case may be. Because to me, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that anybody who's trying to tell me that I need something probably is biased on a certain area. And look at look at the look at the response rate of individuals that have been as you mentioned the wellness well baby checks yes what do they do the baby's well you bring them to the doctor and now what happens if they if you're talking about skipping doctors visits self-defeating here's a child it's the child's doing well you bring the baby in for a well baby checkup what are they going to do they're going to give the baby a, a vaccine and you know what's going to happen after that so yeah. it's that message of trust us trust us trust us and then you see what's been done over mm-hmm. and over and over again Poisons are put in our mouths, poisons are injected into our bodies, poisons are put into our children's bodies. 
crap that shouldn't be in any living organism is put into our systems in the foods that we eat. Then we start genetically modifying the foods and irradiating the foods. And then if that's not bad enough, then we have things like dental amalgams that are outgassing you know, five to nine nanograms per deciliter per tooth per day of the most of the second most toxic substance known to man. Yes. We start if that's not enough, then what do we do? We start taking mercury and putting it in light bulbs and we start outlawing all the regular light bulbs. I mean, it's just insanity. And mm-hmm. and I'm glad that people are just not putting up with this crap. This is again I don't know what UPI.com is, but this is mm-hmm. again skipping doctors' visits, self defeating the uh, traditional media yeah. trying to give that information, you know, like Ron Paul only has, you know, one delegate or whatever the case yes. is and yes. should New drop out of the race. Well, it's United Propaganda International. That's what UPI stands for. Are you serious? No, United Press. But, of course, we know what it really oh. means. <laughs> <laughs> See, it shows you how much of the regular media I listen to. No, it's like, a good thing. Like I said. stupid enough to call it United Propaganda <laughs> International, right. See, I have, to, I have to do these things so you don't have to, Dr. Batar. You've got enough to do during the week. But I've got to monitor all of this stuff and try to make sense out of it. And that's why we get together and have such a good time. See how brainwashed you've got me, Robert? You say something, I just take it for truth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, your well baby visit, of course, turns your baby into a non so well baby so that's why i said do it yourself home depot get some tape measure put it around your head measure it go against the chart and you can watch your own growth uh, factors without risking your baby's life by pediatrician so and the listen. difference will be that when you take your when you take your baby home from the home depot yep your baby will still be well yes to <laughs> for the pediatrician's office they won't be so well well said well said hey is vermont about to ban gmos or at least make monsanto label them. Will Vermont be the first in the nation? We're going to talk about that with Dr. Batar and more after this on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check it all out. All the links to Dr. Batar and the wonderful book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. Yes, they are there as well at robertscottbell.com. Stand by. Coming right back. Tired of the same boring health talk radio? Then turn up the volume and break off the knob. This is the Robert Scott Bell Show. Willing to go where the truth takes him, here's Robert. You think the federal government is going to protect the quality and the integrity of food? Yeah, think again. That's why the states are starting to rise up, nullifying different things, as the Tenth Amendment has said we could do, the states could do. We've seen it in Virginia recently where they nullified the NDAA. Other states are on the verge of doing so. Now in Vermont, it looks like they're trying to nullify Monsanto. Oh, no, they don't want to ban Monsanto, although they might want to. But the reality is they just, hey, Monsanto, label your GMO garbage. And they passed this thing just the other day, and it seemed like a good news, sort of good news scenario, but I'm very pleased to hear, especially with all the Earth Day festivities, Dr. Batar, that finally the states are recognizing and the people their power not to look to the feds for everything. Well, this is huge, Robert, because I didn't realize that this had actually already been passed into law. I thought it was supposed to be a bill that was being introduced, but yeah, just see this article that you sent. It's um, passed 9 to 1, which is pretty overwhelming. Yeah. You know, the only thing that's kind of neutral about it is that they're also they Monsanto still has enough power on the state level where they put a rider in there to say, well, okay, we'll do this, but it'll only kick in one year after another state does it like California, because California is on the verge of getting like 800,000 signatures so that they can put it to a vote. 
uh, of the people or like a referendum. And you know in California they're probably going to force Monsanto into that. But all they're doing now in Monsanto is playing a game of delay because they can't win outright like they used to. They're just – all they can do is delay. Well, it is really interesting though that only, I would be interested in knowing who the one person was that voted against this and follow the money trail. Mm-hmm. I wonder where that would end up, but uh, chances are it would probably end up somewhere directly or indirectly in the pockets of that one who voted in favor of this, uh, voted, in, I'm sorry, excuse me, against this bill. Right. But uh, it is interesting that if Vermont passes this and California passes it, and still, even though the bill gets passed mm-hmm. and the trigger clause is enacted, there's still a one-year pause. Why? Right. Well, th- this is a delay game. The other thing Monsanto has done is said, we are going to sue you. You know, basically, they're going to sue the state, probably in federal court, uh, to kind of hold this thing up from being implemented. So they're pulling out all the stops. They're desperate. They're losing because other countries have seen the, the disaster that are GMOs. I mean, in India, as we've talked about, the suicide rate of farmers is just horrific. I mean, it's like hell on earth out there because the, the Monsanto has destroyed the integrity of the crops and the seeds there. So there's nothing that's defending it ultimately, but they are just desperate to hold on to any market share by force that they can. Yeah, in Chile, we covered that story a couple of weeks ago, too, with yep. the uprising there. Yeah, exactly. And the American sheeple hopefully becoming people again, as we're seeing some good signs. Or, you know, Earth Day festivities abound. I mentioned the good news. I was at an Earth Day event on Saturday in Fort Lauderdale, Mirando Farms, which was really cool because I actually met some young high school students. And they were from not like a private school, like Montessori or the other things where you're not relying on the so-called taxpayer base, but a regular government school that has now implemented growing organic food right on the grounds of the school. And it's it's done to some degree in defiance of federal mandates, but there are principals, there are others that are sympathetic to this cause now. The decentralization is on, even without permission. Is this in... Uh, states in all states, or is this just in one particular state that you saw, Robert? Well, this is in a county down here in Broward County, uh, Fort Lauderdale area, and West West Broward, in fact, high school. But it looks to be happening even on a lower, or let's say a more localized level than the state level. That's what's fascinating here. You're talking about local communities, neighborhoods, parents, activists, even within the school going, you know, there's some things we cannot wait on anymore. And the children themselves are motivated. They're coming in. These souls coming in now, Dr. Pitar, much more aware about real ecology, not phony ecology, and saying, hey, we want to grow these things in our school. And so there's an overwhelming push that would never be allowed to happen on the federal level because there's too much money being made on pesticides, etc. But locally, they're defeating it. Now, maybe the 9-millimeter hollow-point bullets are for these all these organic kid farmers. I mean, you've seen the Hunger Games, right? I mean, there's just bizarre things happening as well, but uh, the people are not waiting anymore. Well, like I've always said, Robert, there's uh, only one nation on this entire planet, this third planet from the sun, that has more than half of the population better armed than many countries' armies are armed. Mm-hmm. And it will be a very, very interesting day if our so-called government that is here to supposedly protect us make the mistake of uh, trying to manipulate the outcome with these people holding weapons with 40 caliber hollow points. Because I think there's going to be a rainstorm that will come down on them like they never expected. Yeah. Yeah. If they dare to take up arms against we the people, uh, that will be the ultimate form of uh, obvious admission that there is no legitimate or de jure 
United States government anymore. And right. that is what something a lot of people have been warning about, maybe Ron Paul as well. And that's probably why they're, the old media, which is in bed with uh, you know big government and the pharmaceutical industrial complex, the entire corporatocracy, so to speak, corporate welfare, uh, to prevent the knowledge that is going out there to the people, especially the young people are saying enough is enough. We, are, we don't agree to this debt. We are, our guilt is just being born in America. Come on. That used to be a good thing. Now you're saying I'm carrying tens of thousands of dollars in debt just by virtue of my birth. They don't want it. They don't deserve it. They didn't earn it. And I think that's the thing that ultimately will, will show that any armed, uh, uh, let's say movement against the people of America is not going to succeed. England, the United Kingdom, so to speak, under King George found that out. And if we have a state of tyranny in this country, they'll find it out as well. And this is the reason for this misinformation, because that's the only way they can do it. That's where the firing on your own people to justify the entry into a war and then creating, you know, whatever the illusion is, the Al-Qaeda or this or that. Mm-hmm. But it's all starting from a different motive. And that motive is one to create fear, fear mongering, and again, take the power away and make people dependent upon you, the government that's going to protect you from the terrorists, to protect you from... Uh, all the evil out there and you know this is more and more when you do a search on the internet and more and more you start looking at the facts and of how 9-11 happened or what you know there's so many books now that are out there and the russian times that you've shown me shared with me some of these articles and and how you know no matter whether Gaddafi was a good guy or a bad guy you know when did we attack Mm -hmm. we attacked less than what, 30 days after he addressed the United Nations and said that uh, we should go on a gold standard and not on the dollar standard. The abandonment of the so-called U.S. petrodollar, that is also a big issue of the militarism across the country or world right now. Real quick, we've got less than a minute left, Dr. Batar. You served in the military. Your impression, do you think that the military personnel would take up arms against the American people, U.S. uh, Army, etc.? I think that, Robert, that every soldier... Um, that is the one thing that they know that they're supposed to be defending the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And I think I shared this with you a couple of years back that I got an email and it reminded people. It said that if you were prior law enforcement, uh, prior military, remember the oath that you took to protect the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And I think the reason that the word domestic is in there and it's the last word is to remind us that the enemy – is, you know, the enemy that you know is the enemy that's across the front, at least you know where that enemy is. You know where they reside. Hmm. It's the domestic enemy that you need to be very, very cognizant of and yeah. warning. search out for. Heed the warning of our founding fathers, the framers of the Constitution. They knew it well. Read them, learn them, and keep listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show, especially every Monday as we kick it off with Dr. Rashid Batar on advanced medicine. A lot of links are up, as well as at medicalrewind.com. Check it all out. As we are here merely to remind you of all the things we talk about, it means this, that the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.